Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, It is Thursday, so we do have news on how Christine went. How'd it go, Joe Michael? Uh, It went pretty good. I I mean, I really enjoyed it. I got to set myself a new benchmark. Was that the first time you've done it? That's the second time I've done it. It's the first time I've ever recorded my score. Mm. Um, but it was uh, it was a really great test because afterwards I find myself thinking, how do I cut time out of this one? Um, if you don't rest, if you don't drop, and if you move pretty quickly, you kind of start like, okay, what am I going to do to shave time off? Um, and if you are resting, then you can ask the same question. Like, where could I minimize my rest to save time. And I really like that one because I think everyone that did it so far today has kind of come out of it with that mindset. Like it was hard, yes, but there's definitely room for improvement where you could absolutely shave some time here and there. Yeah, I I used to think that a score that was really great for me was was the best I could do. And then I started playing with the factors and I've pulled almost a minute out of it from that point. Uh, and the row, it's, it's always, the row is that that uh, dangerous tipping point where if you go just a second too fast and you and you blow blow your gaskets early then you can't you can't continue any type of meaningful pace and you just hemorrhage time but if you get it just right then you almost die and you make it out the other side and feel like there's no more time to be to be pulled yeah absolutely but, yeah it's it's one of those workouts that you can really dial in the numbers on i love it I think the other thing I learned is a double overhand grip on the deadlift puts me in a better position. Mm. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play around for the next couple of months. I'm gonna begin my uh, my goal to do most of my deadlifts double overhand mm. uh, and see if I can try to fix some of my position because I tend to be wonky when I come down. Uh, and one arm will hit first and then the other because my shoulders aren't even. Yeah. Um, when so you I rotate think, them, it's yeah. hard to keep them level. Putting one internally and putting one externally rotated. If for some reason that happens with me. Um, so I'm going to start going double overhand and I'm going to just play around with it, see what it does. <clears throat> see if it changes anything, see if it fixes anything. So, I like it. Attention, absolutely. attention to the little things. Absolutely. All right. So let's start the week off. Monday, uh, we are going to open up our front squat and, and uh, deadlifting strength stuff. We're going to be doing front squats. We're one rep maxing those on uh, this Friday. So you guys will have already done those <clears throat> by the time you hear this podcast. But on Monday, we are going to do seven sets of five front squats. And we're doing these around 65% as a starting mark. And we're going to increase towards 85%. Um, Lift heavy, hold good positions. It's not just about getting all the way to 85%. That's just a number. That's a direction to move towards. I don't think it's going to be the best choice to go way over that. If you feel great, do it. Right, I'm just putting out something to say, these 20% are where we want to be uh, lifting the weight so that we can gain strength and still be in good positions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, following that wa- uh, strength, our watt is going to be Freddy's Revenge. Um, it is five rounds for time, five shoulder to overhead, and 10 bar facing burpee. Now, those shoulder to overhead are pretty heavy at 185 for guys and 125 for gals. So I'd say right off the bat, looking at this one, the shoulders are going to be on fire. 
Um, this one is just going to burn on those burpees, trying to press yourself out of that bottom. I think it's just going to be really taxing. Phil, have you ever done this one? I've done this one a couple times. Um, when I first did it, that was way too much weight for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me something stupid like 15 minutes. I think I did all singles on the jerks. Um, don't do that. This should be less than a 10-minute workout for everyone. So use lighter weight if that's the case so that you can do at least like three and two on the jerks, but preferably all five in a row, maybe just with a short rest before them so that you can manage the barbell. Um, Then because I was so smoked doing those, uh, I had to take it way slower on the burpees because sprinting the burpees and going back to a barbell that was too close to my max would have just destroyed me. Uh, So... That shouldn't be the case for you either. You should be doing steady burpees, I'd say, because the barbell really is the big kicker that either makes or breaks the workout. The burpees are just kind of noise between the rounds of the barbell. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one. It's really just going to be playing with shoulder fatigue, right? Um, When you guys get to that round three mark and the shoulders are really starting to burn and the burpees are not making it any better, um, can you guys use... Uh, a little bit of technique under that barbell. It is a shoulder to overhead. So can you guys utilize that dip drive and then the redip underneath um, to catch in a solid position and kind of cycle it? I mean, um, not singles like Phil said, at least cycle it in a three and a two um, and like preferably fives. As far as scaling this one, what would we look at for that really since it's so heavy? Use something that's that heavy for you okay. that allows you to either do the three and two or five in a row. Um, again, sub 10 minute wad, this will be done by some people right around five minutes, I think. Yeah. Some of the faster athletes. Absolutely. So <laughs> just be smart about it, right? It's, there's no sense getting hurt when we're trying to gain capacity. So look at the thing the right way. Don't think that you have to RX it just because it got put on the board. And choose to use the weight that allows you to do this at a high level of intensity in five to seven or nine minutes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, Tuesday, we're going to move back into a workout style we haven't done in quite a while, actually. Um, It's been a decent amount of time before the Open that we did one like this. And it is 30 minutes, and you guys are going to alternate on the minute between three movements. We have three power clean, and we're looking for a heavy load so that you guys have three quick singles. Then we're going to do next minute 25 to 40 air squats, and we are looking for a full minute of work there. And then the final minute, we have 10 to 15 toes to bar. And we are looking for less than 30 seconds of work. Um, so we used to do these, uh, we were doing them pretty often over the summer. Uh, and it's a really, really good way for you guys to get volume on multiple different movements, uh, but not crush yourself in that uh, Metcon style that it would be if we did 30 rounds for time. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fly through. It's got some rest <clears throat> built into it so that you can... You can perform high skill things at hopefully a better quality level lots of times and with a high heart rate. Um, So it's kind of a dragged out cardio session that's got a barbell to kick you a little bit and some gymnastics. I mean, the air squats are just going to elevate your heart rate and keep it so it stays up and never gets a chance to get all the way back down. Yeah, it's. I think it's really good training for for understanding how how to do things that are complex when your heart rate's high but not smash through the roof, right? And w- frankly, we shouldn't always try to practice high skill things when we're smashed by the workload or by the weight. We should be practicing it at that kind of 70% or so 
where we can do it better, but it's also quite hard to do, so we have to do it better. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for the power cleans, working a load for three quick singles, uh, really what we're looking for is it has to be heavy enough that you guys are not able to just touch and go this every single time, right? It should be a weight that kind of forces you to drop it from the top, reset, but not one where you guys are stepping away from your bar, right? We want to stay on the bar. We kind of want to stay quick with it moving. I'd say, what what do you think? If it takes people near the end, do you think it's going to take people like maybe seven seconds of lift? It should always be less than 30 seconds. Okay, yeah. And you should be done with your bar and you should be resting. Okay. And I strongly recommend that you... You own the minute. You get on top of lifting the bar right when you get the chance, right when that minute turns over and you get the three, two, one, go. You pick it up so that you can get your three lifts out of the way and have and have some confidence around what you just did. Right, staying on top of that minute really is, I think, it is beneficial physically, but I think it's mostly beneficial mentally, and that actually works to make it beneficially uh, beneficial physically as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where if you believe it, it works. Absolutely, yeah. Um, following that wad, we're going to have a bit of a post wad. It is going to be a 5 by 10 double dumbbell strict press. But we're going to do it from an active lunge. Um, so we're not just doing a normal strict press. Now you guys are lowering yourself to the bottom of the lunge position. Um, you guys are on the ground. You guys are going to lift that back knee off the ground just a little bit so that we're hovering in the bottom of that lunge position. And then you guys are going to be doing those 10 double dumbbell strict press. And that is five with the right leg leading in the lunge and five with the left leg leading in the lunge. It's just something a little different. It's still <laughs> pressing overhead. It's working on stability, um, range of motion, and control, and and even coordination. Well, I guess, yeah, quite a bit of coordination in that lunge. So it's just doing it in a way that we don't typically see and I've never done before, but it's going to challenge how you hold your body and your core especially, and then how well you can manage pressing overhead while you're already under a little bit of stress. Um, it's not supposed to be anything crazy. Use less weight so that you can press better. Right? Think about this as a as a explorative drill in how well you can control your body in a weird position for a decent amount of time. Yeah, I've actually I've used this scale it's before. It's almost like yoga, kind of. It is. This is as close as I'm ever gonna get to this yoga. This is weightlifting yoga, though. <laughs> this is weightlifting yoga. Wait, wait, is that a thing? Because we should make that a thing. It's yoga. Not, I feel like that's. Not going to catch on with the title WOGA, Where, but how would, if someone has a better title than WOGA and you like think it'll w- catch on and you have capital that you'd like to invest in this idea. But I feel like weightlifting yoga, would you'd have to wear the weight because it's always your body that you're really putting somewhere. So weightlifting yoga is wearing a weight vest and going to yoga. I dare you. I dare you I can't to even, wear a tactical vest and do a yoga studio. <laughs> I can't even do yoga as it is. I went once, and the lady came over, and she was like, breathe out. She was like, push on my back. Oh, man. And I felt like my hamstring was going to tear. Um, anyways, wait. Besides the point. Uh, <laughs> double dumbbell strict press in a lunge. I've used this before as a scale for a press and snatch, actually. Um, so I've had an athlete do this mm. for a press and snatch. With two dumbbells? Yeah. I like it. Um, and it's, yeah. it's a really good drill because what it allows is an overhead squat position. Mm-hmm. And then we try to run our shoulders through range of motion is very difficult mm. because if we don't have a really good solid squat, our chest drops forward and we can't find the right shoulder position. Um, but yeah. this actually allows people that have a good and a bad squat the same opportunity to understand how to pull their ribs down and how to keep their chest vertical and their torso vertical. So I think this is actually going to be a great drill for people to understand. Um, learn a little bit what it's like to keep the glutes and abs engaged when you guys are in the bottom of that position 
so that your chest can stay upright. And it's gonna pay huge dividends when we do something like a snatch, when we do something like a push press or a strict press, uh, anything where you guys have to press load, it's gonna just help you guys learn that connection really, really well. Um, and I, I actually, I've done this drill before and I like this drill a lot. Um, so I'm excited for this one. And I didn't even write it, filled it. You but. said something super important there though. You said keep your glutes and abs engaged. You might have said abs and glutes, whatever. You said glutes. And in the lunge, mm -hmm. you do keep a glute engaged. The one that holds the knee that's going to touch the ground, that butt cheek should still be clenched. Mm -hmm. right? So really think about that because that sets you up in a lunge position that is much more solid and then allows your abs to stack properly. So you have to squeeze the butt on that side. Absolutely. All right, that was a bit long-winded, so let's rip on to Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday we're going to follow the same structure that we did on Monday with our strength, um, but we're going to apply it to a deadlift. So we have seven by five deadlift, and we're starting at 65% and increasing towards 85. Like Phil said, um, we don't need to mention too much about it because we talked about it with the front squat. Uh, if you guys are staying within those parameters, that's a pretty good idea. If it is light and your deadlift is not what it used to be, so you are a much stronger deadlifter, right? You haven't tested it in a while. We um, just did. Or yeah, we just did, so you should have the numbers. But if it feels really light, uh, and the frying pan's hot, absolutely, if positions there, keep cooking. Um, yeah. Do not stop yourself at 85% if you feel like you're losing out on what you could be gaining. Uh, if you guys are in great position and you guys feel like you can move more weight, um, by all means do. But those are good numbers to stay within. I'd say we're going to have probably 95% of people within those numbers. No, yeah, it's where we're going to build strength at that mm -hmm. sort of volume. And then also where we can have good control. And good control is what we should be basing our strength training on. Because it's, it's super important. Yep, absolutely. Uh, right, yeah. Deadlift some heavy stuff. Then the wad. Two five-minute AMRAPs, three minutes rest to separate them. We're starting at 10, and then going to 20, and then to 30, and then to 40, 50, and so on. You're doing a push-up, double-unders, and then ab mat sit-ups. You're going to go for five minutes up the ladder. So 10 push-ups, 10 double-unders, 10 ab mat sit-ups. Then 20, 20, 20. Excuse me. Um, so on and so forth. Up through whatever you get to. When five minutes hits, you rest. So let's say I get, did 30 uh, double-unders and only three of the ab mat sit-ups. I'm going to rest at the ab mat sit-up. So then once the clock picks back up and I get another five minutes, now I'm going to pick up and do my 34th ab mat sit-up. And then my 35th. Your, uh, or third, or yeah. fourth and fifth, there we go. Yeah, yeah. fourth. So fifth. I'm still working my way through the round of 30, and then I trickle into the 40s and so on and so forth. You freeze, and then you pick up where you left off. Um, it's not a very big double-under number, so if you have pretty decent double-unders, then this is one where you can really nail all those sets, hopefully. If you have really good double-unders, I invite you guys to attempt triple-unders. Right, the numbers aren't crazy big, so getting up through those first couple rounds, you're gonna do quite a few jumps, but nothing totally massive. And I would say try it and call it a rep. Right, if you're attempting triple unders and you've never done them before, you should expect to fail a lot of times. Hopefully, we can get some successes though. Yeah. So I would take ten attempts and call that a set for round one. Well, hopefully, if you're trying triple unders, the rope is at least getting under you twice. Yeah. So it would still count as a double. That's, that's, that's totally true. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. But if it's not getting under you twice, mm, maybe go to double-unders. Maybe double-unders is a better choice. <laughs> yeah. that's. I didn't think about that at all. I did. That's a good point. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, um, fine. I like this workout. It's a good one. Uh, it is all body weight. 
Mm-hmm. So how well can you guys manipulate your own body um, with no external load? And it's really just all about uh, for, for the push-up and then for the ab mat sit-up. It's just about can you guys continue to go when it's going to burn a little bit? And then double-unders is really more so how much have you practiced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it because it's not one where anything's really going to stand in your way to the point where you hit failure. I guess the push-up maybe when you get upwards – uh, into the middle or high rounds could start to get a little taxing on the shoulders. Um, but it's going to be a great one because it's one where absolutely, if you guys are waiting for a workout this week um, to light your hair on fire and do it, I mean, this is there's no reason to stop here. There's no reason to get chalk. There's no barbell. So it's just us and our two things, our jump rope and our ab mat. You can put them really close together. There's no transition time. Um, and just try to move through it quickly. It's five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And you rest between the two. Um, so... Go out with this one with some intention. Really see if you guys can get after it those first five minutes. Set yourself up as deep into those rounds as you guys can. Yep. Then Thursday, we're doing something for Thanksgiving because Thursday mm. is Thanksgiving. Um, mm. What are your hours at Cadre, yo, Michael? Cadre will have... We interrupt this program to bring you the correct hour. It will only be an 8.30 a.m. class at Cadre on Thursday. And up at CLE, we're going to do 8 and 9. Yeah, pretty simple. Uh, the workout that we're going to do is in teams of three. Um, and we're going to do three rounds for time. It's got a 35-minute cap on it. We're doing 11 lunging bear complexes with 135 pounds and 95 pounds, if we can, if we can handle those load loads. Uh, a lunging bear complex is... A power clean followed by a lunge with each leg so a right leg lunge a left leg lunge or the opposite doesn't matter to me then you have to take the weight up put it overhead put it on your back do another lunge with each leg then put it back overhead from your back that's one rep so it's a little bit more work than a bear complex isn't it because instead of just doing two squats you have to instead do two lunges well, but twice. So you that's, do four lunges. That's going to be extremely painful. Well, you've got three people to do it. So I wouldn't do a lot of reps in a row. I would try to maybe do quick singles and just trade in and out fast. Yeah, along with that, um, we're going to move on to 28 burpee pull-ups. So you guys do those 11 lunging bear complex. Then we have 28 burpee pull-ups. Um, once again, team of three. I would say on this... It's probably just about doing your small quick set. There's probably not going to be enough pull-up bars for your team to be able to spread out and all have their own space. So you're probably going to need to share. Um, So do your quick set and then take your rest. Uh, 28 is divisible by, let me do some math here, like (laughs) 9.33333. So do do your nine reps and then your partner does their nine reps and then you screw the last guy with 10. Yeah. Um, or break it up into smaller sets. Yeah. Like, um, if nine gets drug out, then why not do five, five or five, four, depending on which partner you are and whether or not you're getting screwed. Yeah. But I'd say burger pull-ups are one of the ones where, as you guys know, uh, everyone, no matter how good you are at pull-ups, no matter how quick you are at burpees, everyone kind of gets put on an even playing field here. Um, you can be really slow at burpees and really slow at pull-ups and you can move just as quick as the guy next to you just because of how it's set up and you have to do one and one. So I'd say sprint through a little chunk and then get your rest. Once you get through those 28 reps, you're off to a Concept 2 machine. We're going to try to use all three machines uh, throughout the workout. 
So I want you to try to get on a rower, a skier, and a biker. Now we won't all be able to say, start on the same machine, uh, but hopefully by the end of the workout you've gotten a chance to jump on each of them. As a team, you have to go through 2,019 meters. The rep scheme seems like it's alluding to something. It is It is based upon the date. Oh, I could uh, never have guessed that. 11, I got it. 28th of 2019. Wow, I didn't know... I didn't know that was 11. I bet you didn't know I was that creative. I didn't know November was the 11th month. I think so. Is that... Yeah, it says 11 on my watch. Dang. Look at that. That's unfortunate. Well... (laughs) Just look at it. uh, Oh, gosh, no. Um, So, (laughs) after that workout, uh, we've got a fun fun cool down for you. Just hanging out, doing some rowing and uh, stretching. It'll be a good time. So, get in, have some fun, bring in friends, just... Suffer with your normal classmates, whatever it is. Uh, have some fun before you go and stuff your face full of whatever you stuff your face full of. Absolutely. Friday, we are going to begin with strength. Um, we're going to do a five by three front squat. And this is going to be with a three, a two, and a one second pause at the bottom. So that first rep, you pause for three reps at the box, three seconds at the bottom. Second rep, you pause for two. And then last rep, you pause for one second at the bottom. Um, this is starting at 65% and increasing. Pause work really is super fundamental for positioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Phil threw this in there because when you guys pause at the bottom and you guys have to generate momentum from that static position, it really tests you guys and see how well can you guys generate that momentum from a good position. Uh, you'll notice that when you guys do pause work, the first thing you want to do is get out of position to move again. Right? You want to try to find some type of uh, momentum, some type of uh, engagement anywhere to get you out of that hole. So pause works a great way for you guys to build the bottom position of the squat, the bottom position that we catch when we clean, when we snatch. Um, the hardest part, right? Well, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. So if your weak link is the bottom of your squat, then it doesn't matter how much weight you can sit down with, you'll never be able to stand up with it because... You lost position and now you've broken your chains and, and nothing's going to work. So yeah, super important to have a focus on how you hold your body and how you try to engage out of the squat. I encourage people to kind of fight the urge to do the bounce out mm, yes. where you drop into a into a, a bouncy bottom position and try to spring off of that. Um, 65% is our starting line, ideally. If that feels reasonable to you, then use it. And then we're increasing. Um, now we're only doing five sets of it because it's so much work to hold for those seconds in the bottom of the squat. Doing just three squats is going to be extremely taxing using a three, a two, and a one second pause. Um, and if it isn't, then put a little more weight on your bar because you can handle it because you're not taxed that much. Yeah, absolutely. I like this one. I think uh, position is fundamental for uh, power. So understanding this position is going to help you guys become a much better squatter. Um, Following that, we're going to go into our workout. Our workout is 10 rounds for time, and you guys are going to rest 30 seconds between finishing each round. So it's going to be 10 sumo deadlift high pulls, 10 toes to bar, and then 10 thrusters. And you guys finish the round, rest 30 seconds, and then begin back again at the sumo deadlift high pull. Yep. The weight you ought to use is not prescribed. Well, it is, but it's prescribed in, in these terms. You should use a weight on the sumo deadlift high pull and the thruster that you can keep unbroken for each of the 10 rounds. 
So it shouldn't be that crazy heavy. It should be actually very manageable for you because you should be able to knock out a smooth 10 sumos, then move right into your toes to bar. And coming off the toes to bar, you should be able to knock out a smooth 10 thrusters and then earn your 30 second rest. The toes to bar in the middle, you should scale those if you need to because we wanna try to do them as 10 reps smoothly each round. So if that means that you're doing a kip and putting your knees on your triceps and you can flow through 10 reps consistently with that, then that's what you should be doing. The intention is that you do each bite of work as a smooth piece and move to the next and then earn the 30 seconds of rest as your fourth bit of the round. 10 rounds of that, we're trying to finish each round in around 60 to 80 seconds. And if we are able to move smoothly, that's totally doable. If we have to take a break, it's not gonna work, right? So you really need to be able to get through the work seamlessly and then transition immediately. There's no rest in the round, the rest is after. Mm -hmm. Yep, right. I like it because the rest is built in. So if you guys end up going out and you realize, you know what, this is gonna crush me, the weight's too heavy, you have 30 seconds. Um, so feel free to change your weight, strip it down a little bit, go a little lighter, um, reassess. If you can't do 10 toes of the bar, cut it down. Do eight, do seven, hold that unbroken number. Or, or use a movement that you can do 10 reps in a row. Mm, yes, I like that. Like a knee to tricep or chest or raise or raise. Yes, knee to raise. Knee to raise. I like that. You're raise right. to knees. Um, what are we on? Oh, Saturday, last day. All right, Saturday. We are going to have a partner wad. So bring in a friend. Um, or if you guys uh, normally work out with a friend, work out with someone you don't know. Make a new friend. It is going to be four rounds for time. It is 40 box hops, 40 kettlebell swings, 20 handstand push-ups, and a 20 calorie ski. Um, or 20 GHD setups. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we have both machines at both facilities. We welcome you to use what you feel like is a good choice for you. And if you want to do GHDs for 10 reps and your partner wants to ski the other 10, knock yourselves out. Absolutely. Um, between you and your partner, split work as you desire. My suggestion would just be cut things um, so that you guys end up doing half the work each by the end of the workout. So I would say uh, with this one, it's, it's just really about never do more than you can chew in one chunk. Um, so you and your partner just know how to move back and forth. Box hops, I think 10s is a great idea. Um, kettlebell swings, if you guys are confident, 20s is okay. All right, handstand push-ups, if it's going to be difficult, I think five is fine there. So just make sure that you guys are splitting this up in a way that you guys can move quickly um, and sustainably through four rounds. I think it's going to be a little bit chippy after we get through about two-ish rounds. Um, I think it's going to start to hurt a little bit. So you and your partners, make sure you guys break it up as you need. Uh, just make sure you guys are being smart about it. I want you to define chippy. Hey, Google. Should we ask Google? Define chippy. Here's the definition of chippy informal. Hey, Google. Volume 5 or volume 10. Sorry, I can't help with that. Google isn't getting along with oh, us. Gosh. Don't ever get a Google Home unless they sponsor our video. If they sponsor our podcast, I would say that everyone should get a Google Home. <laughs> we could use a we could use a sponsor like Google. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoy the week. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll uh, catch you all in the gyms.